0: Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt.
1: What's up everybody, welcome back to IG2G This is actually episode 36, that blooper reel is not episode 36 This is episode 36, I'm your host Matt, with me as always is Eric We got all kinds of good stuff to talk to you about today I got a whole mess of indie games I'm going to be talking about And I'm also going to tell you guys why the 28th of August was like the most Matt day for video games ever Like I got like four different games I'm going to tell you about And then Eric's going to talk about something, I don't know, probably some Switch games I don't really listen when he tells switch me what he's game, talking about. Switch game. I just I just look on my list and I go, is he talking about that that, that nope? nope. All right, wh- whatever. It'll be and switch. It just instantly, it's out of my head. So,
0: <laughs> say, do you want to hear about a ninja? Do you want to hear about ninjas, or do you want to hear about fantasy people?
1: So you just said it, and I already
0: forgot. He already forgot. What, what did you even say? Well, I don't I remember just, either. I'm like a, I'm like. Anyway, a let's switch. let's go. Release time. Go. Top five releases.
1: First up this week, dropping on the fourteenth of August, because you know, we had we had a break in the show, so I, I get to go back this far. It's fine. This dropped for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One, developed and published by Outsider Games. So this is one of the indie games I'm talking about. This is Wailing Heights. This dropped for I think it's eleven ninety nine to nine ninety nine, depending on what you know what story you purchase it on and this is a really cool really stylish point-and-click adventure game all about well i don't know what the actual story is but i know you're dealing with a lot of like typical fantasy monsters so vampires werewolves trolls zombies this kind of thing and the big gimmick of this game is you're trying to get like an undead band back together but to do this you have to learn all about all these crazy characters in the world you learn what they like what they hate and then their name and then you can possess that character And you can use that character or their abilities to go talk to other people, open up new lines of dialogue, open up new areas, and then go in and use, you know, figure out the people in there, possess them, use their special abilities to unlock even more stuff. So this is, I mean, it's point-and-click adventure game, so it's always good to see those, and you should always support those, because that genre is awesome. But this one is also full of really funny comedy, and really good music. That's all I've heard about this, is the music is fantastic. And even just looking at some, like, two- and three-minute reviews, that music in the background just got me tapping my toes and snapping my fingers. Just fun, funky, you know, cartoon kind of style to this whole game. Just, it looks good. It sounds good. It's an adventure game. It's funny. Go get yourself Wailing Heights.
0: Next up on the list, we've got... Guess what it's for? Ooh, PlayStation 4 and the PC, and it is Dragon Quest XI. Oh my gosh, September I wasn't going to guess that. <laughs> I, I was going to guess Switch. I know you were. Like, That's why I threw it off. <laughs> I I made a gesture (laughs) and I was like, here it is, I'm shooting through the hoop, brick. What? That's the saddest news of all though, Matt, because it was originally going to be for the Nintendo Switch and it still is, but it's delayed because they're trying to figure out, get it over there and keep as much intact as possible. However, in the Japan release last year, it was also for the 3DS, but they said, we're not even going to touch it on the Western front for 3DS because Americans don't care about the 3DS.
1: So they're just going to roll it up to the
0: switch. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. They're just going straight to the switch Definitely. with it. But anywho's September fourth, you can get your hands on Dragon Quest eleven. What is this? It is a traditional RPG that was the core of RPGs. This was the big Kahuna, the big mother, the big one in the east. It fought all the time with Final Fantasy back in the day until they merged. Now they're the same individual. Wow! What an amazing world this is. You are the hero. You wake up, you realize, oh my god, I'm the hero. I was reborn from some dead guy who saved the world before, now I've got to do it again. A bad guy approaches and says wonderful bad things. You go on a crazy adventure to try to save the world, even though this bad guy's trying to thwart you at every turn. You meet friends along the way. You have magic casters, you have sword users, you have thieves, you have all the typical tropes you'll find in RPGs, but it is done eloquently. It is done the best that you can do it, because Dragon Quest is known for that. Every... Every single thing that an RPG has, a JRPG I should be more specific, it's because Dragon Quest thought of it and made it up and made it into a reality. This game has been on hiatus for a while, and Dragon Quest X, they went ahead and did an old MMORPG thing, tried that out, and now they're finally back to the real deal. So if you want the best in music, you want the best in just fun, adventure, colorful enemies, colorful characters all around, Dragon Quest is for you. I will state I'm going to be doing a much deeper in-depth poke at this game in the next IG2G because I will be purchasing this and playing it very extensively. So if you want to know more, please tune in for that. And lastly, of course, Square, if you didn't know, is the one who developed this, but I just assume everybody... at all interest it should know that by now but hey Square Enix you should mention I don't care I don't care before. about Enix no, you know they, they but they're the ones I know, I know Enix is the one but you know it's just Square you know that's and, and that is funny that's another topic though <laughs> mm.
1: now I do have a question and even though this isn't the question answering segment we always save that for the other thing but I thought I had heard when they were first talking about Dragon Quest 11 especially since it was between you know p- mobile platforms like 3ds and stuff that this was one where you could switch between 3d and 2d graphics on the fly is that still here or is that no, not here at that all? that is
0: right? not here no okay. it is all just 3d the whole 3ds thing got flipped out of it so okay done gone doesn't exist the western audience doesn't get to hear or see any of that oh that's a shame yeah but hey i understand the reasoning behind it so, I'm okay yeah, yeah. with it. Plus, I was going to get it on the PlayStation 4 anyway. Even though I own a Switch right. and it is coming to Switch later, I got to play it on the best of the late. best on the best. It's too and late. it's too late. I can't wait. Exactly. I've already waited a whole mm. year while the dang freaking East got to play it and beat it time again, time and time and time again. Ah, I'm just not waiting anymore. Nope. <laughs> so, there you have it. Get it. And I'll talk about it more next time on IG2G. So, stay tuned.
1: Now, next up on the releases, this also dropped on the 14th of August. This was for 40 bucks, developed by Creative Forge Games, published by Good Shepherd Entertainment. This is Phantom Doctrine. Now, this dropped for PC, PS4. Xbox One version is out now. That dropped on the 24th. And this is basically, if you like XCOM, but you wish it was a little more stealthy instead of outright combat-based, that's what this is. This is like 1980s Cold War espionage-type stuff, but basically with... XCOM mechanics So you build up Your base You get yourself New abilities You get yourself New agents You give your agents New abilities The other cool thing That I really like About this Is you can like Plot what missions You're going to do And send agents Out in the field Beforehand I'm sure you have to Unlock a lab That lets you do this But you get to put Sleeper agents Into the map That you're going To be playing And then after A certain time You can activate them And then they can Sneak around for you Like behind enemy lines Taking out stuff because what I from what I've heard the stealth stuff's really good the uh, you know the secret agent action gameplay is really cool but once it gets into being firefights and combat that's kind of where this game falters a little bit but if you can set up your stuff then you can do it all sneaky style and just be really awesome it's xcom and it's stealthy and it's cool stuff like that it's it's the 1980s cold war type stuff i mean i was so excited that i didn't even write anything else down but i mean if you want to know more go check out some reviews and stuff but it just That just totally spoke to me. XCOM, Cold War, Spies. Awesome. Freaking the
0: Cold War. You know, we need to go back to the Cold War days. I'll just say that. It's good times.
1: I mean, anytime I read up any articles about it and things that were going on, you you know, I love the whole, like, nuclear arms Mm -hmm. race thing and development of the different delivery systems and technologies and stuff. So anytime I can go back to that in any kind of way, whether it be via movies, TV shows, video games, I just want to just jump in and just swim around in it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so good. Why did
0: I have to be born in the 80s? I know, Why couldn't right? I be
1: born in the 50s and just watch this Could've happen?
0: have been live ah. for you every day, you know, getting underneath the, mm-hmm. the desk at school because the bombs are coming. Yep. You know, they all, what a good time that would have been.
1: Mm-hmm. Dang, absolutely. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Phantom <laughs> Doctrine. I did a horrible job talking about it, but if you liked XCOM, you're probably going to like this too. It's just a slightly different spin on it. So, go check that out.
0: Well, this one we've talked about extensively before, and it's Into the Breach, developed by Subset Games, published by Subset Games. This was released quite a ways back on the uh, PC, but now... Nintendo did their whole Nindies shindig just uh, last week and said, surprise, into the breaches now on the Switch. So as of August 28th, you can pick it up on the Nintendo Switch. If you've forgotten what this game was, it's a strategy turn-based little shindig in which you go on like a grid-based platform and you are mechs, uh, humans inside of mechs, of course. And there's an alien race called the Vec come in and they're trying to destroy the cities and the towns or you each grid has like different layouts and setups and you have to use those mechs to destroy the vac or prevent them from destroying a city or a fuel thing or save a certain amount of commoners whatever the objective is at that moment that's what you need to do. The really cool part is is because of the Vex abilities and how they'll like come up at different places at different times and how you have different AoE attacks and different singular attacks that can do all... you got to really, really strategize. This is hardcore thinking about what you're doing because you could accidentally, while doing a giant AoE that's going to kill two Vex, destroy part of the city that they're in. Therefore, you might hurt your objective or maybe it doesn't matter, you know. but you might kill civilians, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if you don't kill those two, they kill almost the entire city, and now you're just SOL. So you got to ponder what you're doing and really think of the ramifications and consequences that could happen from doing it. Very in-depth, and a really cool part, too, is that in this particular game, if the the mechs are killed, say your whole team's wiped, your your big dog, the one with the highest levels, if he leveled up or had leveled, he'll come back. One will come back with their levels still intact, so you'll at least get a a boost in your next run-through. But everything else is wiped and gone, so you, you will be miserable. You will have a, du- a tough time, especially if you play us in anything but normal, you know if you go up in the harder or whatever. But I just want to tell everybody. Check out our old episode if you want to go more in-depth on it, but it is out on Nintendo Switch now, so if you don't have a PC or don't care about PC at all, here's your chance to pick it up and play it. Everyone all over the place has done nothing but rave and go nuts about this game, and it looked fantastic, and this one Matt said he might check out and obviously probably forgot about, but maybe he'll remember now that we've just (laughs) re-brought it up. And hey, speaking of being miserable and having a bad
1: time, what's worse than The Walking Dead's whole zombie apocalypse scenario? That's number five on the releases this week, or number one, however you want to think about it, chronologically or, like, ranking them up in order. Whatever. Walking Dead, the final season, episode one, done running, dropped on the 14th of August. Four, and I was going to say, you know, usually they drop episodically so you can buy them, but all I saw was just you can buy the season pass now. So I don't know if they're are done letting you buy them individually, but that's really weird. I only saw the season pass for 20 bucks, which always is a good deal anyway, but this dropped for PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, developed and published by Telltale Games, and if you don't know The Walking Dead by now, I don't know what to tell you, like, I mean, the series or the Telltale Games at all. Zombie Apocalypse, Survival, you're making all kinds of choices, trying to make your way through. If you followed Clementine's story at all through Season 1, 2, and then 3, which is the one that I haven't played yet, you're going to get this. I'm going to get this eventually once I get through Season 3. It's just more of the Telltale's Walking Dead. Now, I will say that from what I've read, this is the first like big major release since they did all that studio restructuring back in the day. And what I've heard is that this might be the last big major release that they do on that old Telltale Games engine. So, you know, this one's gonna feel a little bit different because i think it's got like an over-the-shoulder camera they've reworked some of the action prompts so it's not just hey it's a dumb quick time event and you don't really have any control over it so they're making a little bit of improvements to the engine but you're probably not going to see any big overhauls until maybe the very next major game but there's not really much to say about the walking dead it's it's well written it looks good it sounds good it has big emotional decisions and Your decisions do have impact. I mean, people always say in the Telltale games that, well, this decision didn't matter, this decision didn't. But when it comes to something big, that does stick around, that even has transcended different games and seasons. I've seen that happen. So it's always good. It's always a good bet. If you like The Walking Dead, the show or the comics, you're going to like the game too. If you've already played some of the game, you're going to play this eventually. So just go get it. It's The Walking Dead, the final season. It's the end what happens to clementine she better just walk right off into the sunset i don't even know i mean it's a zombie apocalypse so she's not gonna but she better
0: dead 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 they're all dead man.
1: (laughs) well you know what's gonna happen is that it's gonna parallel the end of season one i guarantee oh yeah because i know she's running around with a kid in this one Mm -hmm. so
0: yep i agree that's exactly what's gonna Mm. happen to set sail to the whole story Mm. because the way you should it's perfect
1: and that's that's how you always tell zombie apocalypse things, is everything just kind of goes in a circle. Mm-hmm. Just keeps happening.
0: Yep. Over and over, never fixed. Love it. Beautiful. Number five. First up tonight, we have Monster Hunter Generations. Now you're thinking, what? And I say, oh, yeah, because it's actually... Monster Hunter Generations. Ultimate This game came out a long time ago on the three DS, and then it even had a second iteration which is like Monster Hunter XX or something like that. Some craziness, you know, who knows what these guys Ultimate X or something. Exactly. So then that got beefed up, more baddies, all the good stuff. And now it's got an H D reboot with all the extras of all the extras everything put into the Switch version. Yes, boys and girls, it's for the Nintendo Switch. So if you wanted yourself a Monster Hunter on the Switch, this is the one. Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. It just released as of August 28th, 2018. And of course, it's made by Capcom. Now, if you are very unfamiliar with this series, you take the role of the hero, the good guy, the main dude or gal, whichever you prefer. And you pick out a weapon style. You can get great swords, long swords, dual blades, bow and arrow, gun glaive. All sorts of cool, crazy things. You might not even understand what I just said. Doesn't matter. So you pick your style of fighting, and that's using these particular weapons. And then you pick like your subset, like you know, adept or like uh, valour, etc., etc. So you're real aggressive, or you're kind of tanky, or you like to be in the air, or you like to use potions. You know this kind of stuff. And what do you do with all this? You ask. Well, you go out into the world, and something has gotten these giant monsters, dragons, dinosaurs, all. P.O., just agitated all the whatnot, and you're trying to figure out what's going on, why it's happening, and while you're doing it, guess what you do? You kill these monsters, because that's what you do. You kill them. You say, hey, you know what? You're being a naughty monster. You kill the monster. You bring it back. scientist man goes, Oh yeah, you organized his bones and did all sorts of crazy stuff, and I found out that he's angry because somebody did this with a crystal or something over here. None of that really matters. That's why I'm making fun of it. The best part about Monster Hunter is the combat. When you go into these battles, these are epic 30-40 minute battles in which a giant dragon or dinosaur etc. whatever it is is doing all sorts of unique mechanics, unique moves that are particular to this particular bad guy and you have to counter them and figure out what it's weaknesses are what it's strengths are and then Utilize what you know to defeat this guy. You can do this solo. You can do this with friends, which, by the way, I'll state right now for the Switch is local play and online play, which is fantastic because everybody knows if you got a Switch and you're sitting at lunch and your buddy on the Switch across from you, you can play the same game, it'd be so cool. Oh my god, just, that's what everybody wanted, and that's what everybody got. That's why the Switch is just rolling and everyone loves it. You can do all that with this particular title. Now you're asking too well, is the graphics up to bar? Well, guess what? It's a 3DS game with an HD boost. So no, it's not going to look like Monster Hunter World on the PlayStation 4 PC, etc. But this game has a ton more monsters in it. A ton. So if you want the best of both worlds with everything and a a huge variety of monsters for you to gnash your teeth on and figure out how to defeat, this is the game you're going to want to pick up. I highly recommend it. I've played Monster Hunter World to death. This one keeps on ticking at me to grab a hold of because I loved Monster Hunter World and it was a great way to come in. And I hear this one's even tougher and has way more uh, nuance and less hand-holding than Monster Hunter World did. And I'm totally about that life because you know what? Challenging is awesome to me. Uh, So, I say... If you at all think huge boss battles are your stick, your gimmick, your thing, the thing you love to do, this is the game for you. Because that's all this is, is boss battle after boss battle and having a good time with friends while doing it. I played with a couple buddies the entire time I went through World. Greatest time ever. Just having to coordinate and really focus on what we're doing and strategize and figure things out and help one another. Good times all around. I really recommend you at least do some reading on it and check it out. And, hey, maybe you'll fall in love with it as well. Number four.
1: Now, next up for me, I got an Indie Games 2-pack. It's Matt's Indie Games Showcase. I'm back with two games that both dropped on the 28th of August. This is part... So, Matt's Indie Games Showcase, Indie Game 2-pack. This is also part one of why the 28th of August was the most Matt Day in video games ever. So... First up, what are we talking about? I'm talking about Donut County. This is the game, every time I talk about it, you shake your head and you go, what the hell is Matt talking about? Developed by Ben Esposito, published by Annapurna Interactive. This dropped for Mac, PC, PS4, and iOS. This is the game where you play as a whole, and you you get things to fall down in you, and you get bigger, and you get more things to fall down in you, and you get bigger. Now, what I didn't know about this game any time before release is it actually has a story. There's a town full of little animals, and one by one they're getting sucked down by this hole. And so the story sequences come in between the stages where these townsfolk are stuck like 999 feet below the earth. And it's a really lighthearted story. I mean, of course, it can't be a serious story. You're playing a hole that sucks stuff up. I mean, for God's sake. But a really lighthearted, fun story. The graphics are cute and kind of whimsical. All the sound the music is really catchy and groovy and kind of puts you in that mellow mood one thing i've heard about this game is that well like the one negative thing i've heard about it is it's only about like two hours long but it is only 12.99 and i've paid a lot more for a lot worse games than what this seems like it's just an easy going you know slightly puzzly game because i mean obviously your goal in each stage is to suck up all the things but sometimes you might need to suck up like a fire to make your hole hot so it'll you know, blow a hot air balloon up higher in the air that's attached to things. And when it goes up in the air higher, it pulls the two things together. You can suck those down. So a little bit of puzzle, a little bit of just chill out, have fun, play a goofy game where you're a hole. Sucking up everything in town. Now, for a more serious game and a definitely more story-heavy game, I'm going to be talking about *Sunless Sea: Submariner Edition*, which dropped on the 28th for PS4 exclusively. Developed and published by Fail Better Games. Fail Better Games is a company that I love because they did the whole *Fallen London* web-based like text adventure, I guess is the best way I can think of it, or describe it to anybody. And Fallen London, basically it's Victorian London, it's been sucked underneath the earth, and it's a mix of just, you know, that kind of steampunk type things, and Lovecraftian horror. Now it doesn't usually get like too dark, but there's very dark elements in what you're doing. And that totally translates over here into Sunless Sea, where you're playing a ship captain, and you're, you know, you're zooming around the undersea, Untersee, the Untersee, the underground sea, fighting monsters, fighting pirates, exploring things, having really horrible stuff happen to you, having your crew go insane because you're sailing around in the dark and they're losing their minds and you're running out of supplies so they start eating each other, all this other stuff. Now, I I can't recommend Fall in London highly enough. That is super fun and you can play it totally for free. Just Google it and It's all browser-based. I mean, it does have, like, a little energy timer, so you can take 10 actions, and then they refill every however many minutes. But the writing in that game is fantastic. Some of the best text-only writing I've ever seen in anything. And like I said, that totally carries over here into Sunless Sea. So if you want a narrative-driven experience that's intertwined with Lovecraftian horror and the kind of roguelike-slash-survival elements that that that... Come with that because you're trying to prep to go out into this nightmare world and you know make it to this port, get some more supplies so you can sail a little bit farther this time, a little bit farther this time. And all my I pushed my luck a little bit, and now Billy and Sally are gone crazy. And Ralphie got eaten, but maybe we can make it back to the port and I can kind of get them unwound. But I really want to make it off to this other uncharted place because the story is so damn good. I can't wait to get a hold of this. I've been. You know, it's been on PC. Obviously, everyone knows my PC's not great. It's been on iOS. I don't have that crap. But now it's for PS4. I can't wait to download that and Donut County. That's my Indie Games 2-pack. Indie game Showcase, part one of why the 28th is the greatest day in video games for me this year. Boom, there you
0: go. Boom, and I will just say it sounds like like Darkest Dungeon, but like with a whole different take on the sea, trying to traverse, mm-hmm. do that. So it just kind of brought that vibe to me, like, hey, everyone's going to go nuts if you don't have the right things, this and that, and then they slowly mm-hmm. do anyway, and, uh, and having to deal with it. Look cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get my hands on it, because, I mean, Fallen London, you like you can build up your own stats, and those unlock different stories all the way through, so I can't wait to do that in this even darker thing where you're fighting sea monsters Mm. and all this other crap. Plus, I love love crap. It's going to be so good. Perfect.
0: Number three. This next title's a bit lighter, but kind of dark still, and that's going to be The Messenger. dun 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 dun. This game was developed by Sabotage Studios, published by Devolver Digital. Yes, the insane people who do the weirdest crap all the time. And it was released Mm. August 30th, 2018, and guess what? You, you, you guessed it. The Nintendo Switch, and of course the PC, because everything comes PC. I don't even know why I even say PC anymore. Just because I guess, mm. whatever. It's always just, PC.
1: Well, hey, some of the games I'm going to talk about aren't on PC. Well, there you go. Spoiler alert for coming
0: up. There you that's go. That's true, that's true. So I guess we should keep saying Oh, wait. That. No, one of them is. No, Never mind. See? Never mind. Scrap that whole thing. <laughs> so, what are you asking this game is? It's called The Messenger, once again. Dun, 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 dun. You play a cool little ninja man who's like, I'm just a peon. Ninja, oh guess what? All of a sudden, travesty comes around the village. The Demon King and his hordes are in there wrecking shop. You run up to just fight this dude and find out you're nothing. You're a peon, a scrap. You can't do anything. But all of a sudden, the hero of the ages comes in, shoots him up, and Demon King's like and then the big hero goes, Hey, here's a scroll, dude. I need you to take this over here and deliver it. It's important, otherwise, you're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. And you're like, Cool, man, I got this and then off you go on an adventure it's an 8-bit game to start and it's all about like ninja guide and if you've played that back in the old days side scrolling 8-bit game you have one slash just goes forward only you have like a double jump and then like a third jump but in this one the the last jump is actually really cool because instead of just getting it or whatever you gotta hit an item so like hit hit a, a power up hit an enemy's fireball whatever that is you gotta hit it and then you get another jump so as you can imagine in this game, a lot's based off of that. And you'll you'll see a guy shooting fireballs and you can't get over there, but if you hit, 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 it'll let you fly across. And then you gotta attach to the walls, climb up the walls, jump over, do the same thing over spikes, so on and so forth. All very ninja guy and like. And then the twist comes. There's these portals, these rips in time. And then when you hit those. It all switches to 500 years or so into the future, and now you're like the hero of the ages in 16-bit Super Nintendo style, and the music changes as well, everybody, so you get 8-bit classic bit going, and then 16-bit going once you switch over, plus of course the upgrade to 16-bit graphics, and then you have to go through there and figure out, like, say a wall is in the 8-bit version. And you're like, oh god! And then there's a rip in time before that, and you go back. You're in the rip time. Well, in the in 500 years of the future, there might not be a wall there and there. It's a broken swamp. Mm-hmm. You jump over through that, come up upon a thing, find out that you're blocked off by this. Jump back in the portal. Now you go in the eight bit. You get what I'm saying, everybody? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Really cool. I, I love, I love
1: the whole parallel times slash timeline mm-hmm. thing. I mean, they did that in what was it? One of those Prince of Persia games, and I love that. I love, I love the whole. You can traverse it, but up until this point, and then you got to go to this other way, and then find another way around through that to get back to where you were before.
0: Yep, oh, and and you altered kind of the wall, or you altered this whole st- segment so that it's no longer hindering mm-hmm. you in the past or whatever it was again. This is what you're yep. doing. This is the setup. I haven't played the game, but I heard, and, I, and by heard, I mean I know, that halfway through, instead of being a straight-up, side-scrolling Ninja Game-type game, it opens up into a Metroidvania-type game. Well, of course. So you'll have yeah. the huge map, you have to do a lot of uh, back and forth, trying to solve things using the rip time tears, all that good stuff. And the word on the street is that's still a lot of fun, but the best part of the game is the first half, in which is just Ninja Gaiden type gameplay. But some of the boss yeah. fights at the end are fantastic, so don't, don't be discouraged is the word on the street and just keep going through and you don't even need to take my word you go out there there's a billion freaking reviews right now all everyone's screaming its praise saying it's a fantastic game there's not much else to say on it except for it looks great it has all your classic 8-bit 16-bit graphics and music the the games of which it kind of takes its inspiration from are all great and fantastic You know, the whole Metroid, Castlevania, Ninja Gate, and all that good stuff. You really can't go wrong, and they don't. It looks good. It sounds good. It feels good. I haven't heard anything wrong with the control schemes. Everything seems to work okay. If you are down for a really cool, old-school, retro game, this is the jam. Pick it up, because this is definitely going to be one of those ones, if you miss, hey, your loss, the messenger, get it. Number
1: two. Now, back to me. We got games three and four in why the 28th was the greatest day for Madden video games ever. First up for the PS4, and it was on PC in early access, but I don't care about that. It's for the PS4, developed by ZEX Corporation and Spike Chunsoft, published by Spike Chunsoft, one of my favorite game publishers and makers, by the way. This is Fire Pro Wrestling World. Now, if anybody knows the Fire Pro series, this is kind of like the Big Dog, I mean, it's kind of like a cult classic, but if you want to be able to customize your wrestlers, customize your matches, do everything just the way you want to do it, Fire Pro has always been the big dog for that. And it's been years and years since the most recent Western release of a Fire Pro game. Now, what what is Fire Pro? What is it? It's, it's 2D sprite based wrestling. So, it's not the most detailed sprites in the world, it's not the most detailed graphics, but what it does and does better than anyone else obviously is the customization like I just talked about. You customize your wrestlers, your matches, your your everything. The other thing that it does have, it's got like timing and strategy based gameplay. Like, I mean, you can do strikes and drop kicks and all that other stuff, but what FirePro does, it's got this really unique system where you and your opponent if you bump up together you go into a grapple animation do the collar and elbow tie up that you do you know at the start of a match and as soon as you hit if you can hit the the button combo for your move before your opponent does you'll get it and and you what you got to do is you know build up from your weaker strikes to your stronger strikes your weaker grapples to your stronger grapples you got to like put a match together correctly, I guess is what I'll say. You can't just be like, "Oh man, I'm just going to hit my finisher right out the gate." You can't do that. You got to you got to play it smart. You got to work it smart. You got to play it like you would like you would put together an actual wrestling match. And that's what's so cool about Fire Emblem. It's the most people say it's the most realistic like wrestling game or rest, not simulator, but you know what I mean. Just because of that. Because you can't just be completely goofy and ridiculous with it. You got to play it like you know, how matches actually unfold. Now, the one thing about Fire Emblem that I've never been able to get into is most of these games have no story mode. It's just, hey, exhibition and put together your stuff and customize your guys and then just play it forever. And I can't do that. I need I need some reason to get going. What Fire Pro Wrestling World has is the Fighting Road story mode in which you play as a new wrestler for New Japan, and it has licensed characters, full not I mean, not full roster, but huge New Japan roster, and you're playing through a story mode, building up your character, choosing your favorite faction, having encounters or matches with all your favorite wrestlers from New Japan. Totally cool. This totally sucked me in. This like As soon as I saw that, I went, okay, I'm 100% getting that, because New Japan just flows in my blood. So I'm super excited to play it. I haven't gotten much hands-on time with it. I've just been able to install it and go like, I should play it. Oh no, I got to go to work or oh, I got to go to bed or I got to go do a thing. But I'm super psyched for that, especially the story mode. Speaking of super psyched, what's game number 4 in the 28th Big Giant Showcase? You know it cuz I've already streamed it. It's Yakuza Kiwami 2, developed published by Sega. Oh, yes, is just raining down on my face. Just so many good things. I'm beating up punks in the street. I'm having a grand old time. If anybody doesn't know, Kiwami 2 is the HD remake, restructuring, re- rejiggering of Yakuza 2. So if you know Yakuza 2, you're going to know Kiwami. But in addition to upgraded graphics, sound, in addition to the fact that they're using the Dragon engine, which powered Yakuza 6, so the combat and the experience systems are all like Yakuza 6. The other thing I found out that's really interesting is they've also added new story elements to kind of explain some of the confusing bits of plot from Yakuza 2, or try and like smooth out things that they didn't explain very well in the first game. So that's really cool. I mean... Because Yakuza Kiwami 1, I don't think feel like they did that, because that was super confusing sometimes. So it's good to hear that they kind of went, went, went well, you know, that, that worked back in the day, but now we have all these resources. Let's kind of make it a little bit easier for people to understand. Other than that, it's just Yakuza, man. You're beating up people. You're eating delicious-looking food. You're doing crazy side quests for crazy characters. You're having all kinds of fun. This one, you get a Majima side quest, like the Majima Saga, so you get to play as Goro Majima, everyone's favorite character in the Yakuza games. As soon as you see him, you're going to love him, I guarantee it. And then you also get the clan creator from Yakuza 6, back in this one, full of New Japan pro wrestling oh, legends, yes, Masahiro Chono, Keiji Muto, all the, all the legends, they're back. So you get in, in Yakuza 6, they were like bosses of this street gang, and you'd you know do battles and battles, and then, oh, I'm going to come in, and I'm going to fight you with my crew, and then you'd get him into your crew. So I can't wait to do that again here. More New Japan, more Yakuza, more everything. Four outstanding games I can't wait to either buy, Play or get back into right now. Just thinking about it. All I want to do is just go. I just want to say, oh, top number we're all one, done. whatever. Pull down yep. a blooper reel, Danny. I don't even care. Go <laughs> uh, go play that. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. It's <laughs> 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 oh, like a drug. It's so beautiful. We all love video games. <laughs> number one. Man, we are down to the very last topic. PAX West came and went. And before we get into you know what we saw that was interesting or not interesting, I just want to state kind of briefly that I felt like this one whispered its way in and whispered its way out. There were a couple really cool things which I'll discuss and talk about briefly. But I, I feel like the punch wasn't there. And I don't know if that's because the punch wasn't there or if that we're so used to following Gearbox for so long. That usually it's a big a big hype storm around it a big thing going on and so I get pumped up I get jazzed up and I get ready but gearbox wasn't there this year so it kind of mm. it, it didn't resonate with me like it has been for the last few years now I
1: don't know I think I think for me it was a hundred percent that because usually I mean PAX West always has cool stuff at it but I never really think about it I think of E three and I think of like the Game Awards. But the only time I think of PAX is when Gearbox people are saying, hey, I'm on my way to PAX. I'm like, oh, hey, cool, something's coming up. We get to watch a show and maybe hear about some other cool games. So they didn't do that, so there's that for me. But I feel like in the video game news area, like, people are already talking about the big titles or have been so much, like... Spider Man is the thing. Yeah, the thing that springs to mind the most. Like I'm sure it was there. I'm sure people got their hands on it and got to play it. But people have been talking about that for a month and a half solid. Like every single it's day, it's
0: oversaturated beyond belief already.
1: Yeah. So it's like, hey, if you can play it now, I don't care. I've already heard about it from
0: everyone and their mother all month long mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying I feel you're 100% right in that as well is that most of the titles I did hear about it was just stuff we've already been just getting hit in the face with over and over again for the last 3-4 weeks 2 months whatever and mm-hmm. I'm like okay yeah I've already heard 10 different podcasts talk about it I've already heard this video that video da 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 I don't care anymore I'm either interested or I'm not and that's where I'm at with mm-hmm. almost all the titles that were there going on and on about so, yeah, and I feel sad about that though, because I don't know for some reason I've always been hyped about the Paxes, but now'm now, I'm, I, now yeah. I feel like I'm starting to slink into the yeah, they're great, we're gonna attend one, and we we mm-hmm. love them in general just because of the you know the gathering of the gamers and all the really cool things and the stuff that you do when you're there, mm-hmm. whereas when you're not there, if there's no big announcements, which there weren't really anything crazy huge, it's just like oh, I'm sure they had a great time. That was cool, 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 cool. I wasn't yeah,
1: I see people, I see people on my Twitter going, "Hey, look, I'm going to be here at Hall B. Check me out." And then at that that night, she's like, "Hey, look, took a picture with this fan and that fan. and Here's all this cool stuff." I'm like, "That's neat, but that's just like a bunch of geeks got together and you hung out together. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a
0: good time." Exactly what you were saying. If you're there, yeah. it's the best thing in the world. If you're not, it doesn't really change life oh, well. whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like that's how this PAX West was, and that's the first time that's how it's felt in years because of our previous conversation with the Gearbox situation. Mm-hmm. So just really odd for me, first off, going in, because I'm usually the big guy paying attention, listening, and trying to figure out what's going on. Oh, the big scoop. Yep. And the only big scoops I got weren't even really big scoops, but did pique my interest. And the first one was Anthem. Anthem had another little gameplay oh, slash trailer thing going on. Uh, a few more things were revealed about it. BioWare was talking about how in your little hub area you will be the only one there instead of like in Destiny where you go in there's like 15, 16 people. And they said they did mm-hmm. this because this is part of their story structure. They wanted to make sure there's a yeah. Mass Effect type story in their Destiny type game. And by having it so you're the only one in your hub, they can change all the things. So all the decisions you make will have ramifications in your city. So if Frederick went and went bonkers and you said, Hey, you're a moron, you shot him in the face in one of your side missions instead of saving him, he's gone. He's not in there. And therefore, obviously that would not make sense if you teamed up with Matt the next day and he saved him and then all of a sudden you're in Matt's party, so you're like in his hub and there's there's Frederick and you're like Frederick's dead. No, he's, not. he's perfectly alive and fine. What are you talking about? So mm-hmm. instead of that scenario happening, you meet up when you're leaving to go to the mission or the dungeon or whatever it is, and in the hub, it's just you. So that way your story is with you.
1: Now, I'm really concerned about that. I think the only the way we'll have to do it, well, uh, I don't know how their voice chat is going to work, but I'm picturing us in a party chat on a Friday night or whatever. and it's, All right, we're going to the town. Everybody shut up. Just do, do one of these in your mic once you're free to talk. Because mm-hmm. just shut up.
0: I would say if we do the stories together, I agree. That's probably what's going to happen, I'd imagine. I believe it's going to be a lot like uh, Star Wars, if you remember playing that together. We'd get to the area, yeah, yeah. and then you'd have to make decisions, save them, kill them, or do some weird mm-hmm. thing. And it was like, all right, hang on. Sh- 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 sh. And you'd pick what you picked. They'd pick what they picked. And then mm-hmm. one or the other would win. Well, that was different. Because actually, if you remember, one, it, was, it would do like, hey, he picked this. You picked that. Uh-oh, we got to roll. And then one of you would win or lose. The, the cool thing
1: about that, though, was you still got your points. Yes. But you got to see the outcome. Of whatever, whatever the other cho- was.
0: Yeah. choice was. So it's, you know, it's actually going to be a little bit different. Because now, either way, it mm. is still shut. No, it is the same. Because it's still shut up. You know, you still shut up and listen. Yeah. Don't talk for a minute. And you're going to get that. Mm-hmm. So I agree. That does suck. Because when you're having a couple beers and you just want to play together, but you do a story mission, for say, and all of a sudden it's like, shh. Mm. And everybody's like,
1: okay. No oh, wait, let me turn my music mm-hmm. off that I had nope. going in the battle and the whole ride back. Just whoop, whoop, whoop. So, <laughs> all right. So, what happened in yours? <laughs> exactly. So, What'd you do? What'd did, you do? Did you see the fireball, <laughs> dude? I was not fireball. What are you talking? No, oh oh man, you no, did sorry, you change it? Oh. Everybody, turn in this quest. Then we'll stop. Listen to it. Then we'll talk about it afterwards.
0: I turned in the different quest. Oh, dang it. Yeah. I, I wonder how that's going to work. Is it going to be a scenario where it's like, hey, do the story missions yourself, and then we'll mm. start doing dungeons and the, the group activities together afterwards, so that way you can just get your, your one-player experience over with. Right. But they really are promoting this as a uh, a big multiplayer universe like Destiny is, so mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I hope they have a plan. I'm sure they have a plan because they're going to want to come back oh, from, sure. you know, Andromeda or whatever. They're going to make sure they're pulling out all the punches here and making this the best of the best. So, they're way mm-hmm. smarter than me or you are. I'm sure they've got an idea of how this is all going to come together to make it cool and fun.
1: Well, they're way smarter than you.
0: No. They're way smarter than just I'm, you. I'm pretty no, smart. smart too. No.
1: No, no, you already blew it. So it's Dang it,
0: man. I want to no. retract everything. I want to redact- I'm redacting my statements. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but yes, that, that came out. There was some cool new gameplay, some more monsters attacked, some more abilities shown, all sorts of nerdy geek stuff. If you're interested in Anthem, It was pretty cool, and it got me hyped and made me uh, more curious, more interested in finding out what's going to happen with that game. It's one I'll be following. It comes out around the same time Division does, Division Mm 2. So I'm really nervous about this whole thing because I love both of those games. I don't know. What about you? (laughs) Now, since we talked about
1: how this totally flew under the radar for me, I actually had to Google before the show, hey, biggest games of PAX 2018, and literally no... No results came up. Nothing. People we were like, oh, here's some like cool indie games that were there, but like no big games of XYZ. But one of the things that did come up is saying, hey, we got to see 15 more minutes of no More Heroes, Travis Strikes Again. And if anybody knows, as soon as that got released, I got hyped as a mofo because I really loved the first game. I didn't love it enough to beat it, but I loved the concept. I loved the style, the art style, the interaction with the characters. I loved pretty much everything about it, and I always meant to go back and finish that first game, but I just never did because who who plays your Wii after like the first six months? It just kind of went away. But so I was super excited to hear that it was coming back. Now that there's more gameplay or even just story stuff, trailers, whatever it is, 15 more minutes of Travis Touchdown is 15 more minutes that I need in my life. So I can't
0: wait to see what they've shown off because honestly, right now I haven't seen it. I'll say part one played, had a great time with, love that game. Mm -hmm. Part two is a question mark in my brain. I think I played it. And I think I went far in I it. I don't think you did. But I also, I like I also don't know. Is it one I just watched? Mm. I remember extensive, a lot of gameplay in that game. Lots of stuff mm. going on. But I don't remember if I'm the one who played it or if I just watched it get played for hours and hours and hours. I don't know. Mm. I can't remember. So i am I'm uncertain.
1: <laughs> That's one of those games that for me, when I watched videos about it, it looked... Like, it had improved the first game in so many ways that it made me want to go back and play through and beat the first game. So I was like, that looks amazing. I'm not going to get it now. I'm going to get it after I finally beat the first game. And that never happened, so I never got to play that one. So it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. So with that title, like, I feel like the fake fan, I'm like, man, I love this shit, and I can't yeah. wait to play the next one. I'm going to totally do it. But I'm like, did I, did I play it and beat them all? Or where was I with that one? I don't remember. Oh, man. I know I liked it. (laughs) And I'm the exact same thing. I mean,
1: my memories of it were so much fun, and every time I watch gameplay of it, I go, yeah, heck yeah. So it's like, I I love the franchise, but I've played, like, next to none of the game. Like, I played maybe half of the first one, and then that's it. And I'm like, yeah, No More Heroes
0: is awesome. (laughs) I can't wait. Well, did you even play it? I mean, kind of. Sort of. of. Yeah. I love it. I just... I didn't ever play it all. That's okay. <laughs> I'm that guy you always talk
1: about. Yeah, I like to talk about it, but I never played mm-hmm. it. Oh, That's well. all right. Well, you
0: know, <laughs> God bless. No, I, I uh, am looking forward at to At least that. I'm excited. Exactly. At least it's in your radar, and that's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. I'll say that for sure. Yep. For me, the last game that kind of really got me going, ooh, a little, and rub my little hands together in a deviant manner was Torchlight Frontiers. Mm-hmm. I love Torchlight. I love Diablo. Yeah. So anytime you put any of those together, I'm excited about it. I'm a looter guy. You know, killing monsters, gathering all the loot, seeing the shiny bits drop and picking them up, and just the excitement of seeing if the stats are what you want. The, it's the item you need or whatever the, the set piece you need, all that. That really gets me going, makes me happy, gets me excited. And they told me Torchlight's over. They said, "Hey, okay, you know what? We did one, we did two. The reception wasn't what we were hoping for. We understand the following is there. People do love it, but it didn't sell enough. We think we're gonna, we think we're gonna go ahead and sit back on this." And I went, "Well, that's the end of that. Well, that's unfortunate. Bye, Torchlight." And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. nope. Here we are, everybody. Torchlight Frontiers. Except we want to make this a multiplayer universe thing where you're going in there, you're doing the dungeons that you love in Torchlight, you're getting the gear, you're having the fun, you got the cool little animals coming back, taking all your gear back to the the hub. But this time, there'll be other people there. It's going to be like a little... Once again, like a little destiny verse. You come in, there's other people Mm -hmm. that exist in the front. You can trade. You can do all sorts of cool stuff. Go out with them. Say, hey, who wants to go run this? And go out with other people or go out by yourself. doesn't matter. And I went, oh, God, I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm loving this. This is sounding fantastic Mm -hmm. to me. So instantly seeing all that. I went, whoop, whoop, and now it's in my little, hey, what are they up to? What are they up to? So I refresh, and they were at PAX, of course, doing their thing, telling everybody about what their up-and-comings were. So if you want to get some information on that, yes. they did some videos and stuff. They did uh, some speeches on what, 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 why they did this and what they're doing. It was really cool.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm 95% in on that because I know you said it's coming to consoles. And Torchlight, I mean, I'm a shooter-looter type of guy, but I'm not really just like a looter-game type of guy. I, I played some of Diablo, but it didn't really get its hooks in me. But when I played Torchlight, I got it for like five bucks on a Steam sale. And just something about that was, I mean, A, I could play that for like 10 hours at a stretch. But B, it was always that game that I never felt pressured to do, to play. But anytime time I played it, I had a great time. Just like you said, going through, killing spiders, killing monsters just rolling through the dungeon by yourself with your little pet and then oh man here they i, I played the uh the ranged character the little huntress or whatever and then like oh man he dropped a blunderbuss he dropped a musket he dropped a fire pistol and i got a, like a fire knife something like fire mcjones and just comparing the stats comparing the abilities getting you know leveling yourself up with new magic abilities and things like that it when i think torchlight i just have happy memories of just sitting there on my old laptop just oh it's three in the morning i guess maybe after this floor i'll town portal back and then just it was always fun it was always enjoyable it was never that's the thing i don't the thing i don't really remember that well is i don't remember it ever being hard like it never got frustrating ever at least when i played it and it was just it was just fun easy breezy not like child easy but it was just fun cool Go in the dungeon, get some loot, have a great time. Don't stress about it. So hearing that it's coming back with multiplayer aspects, I can't wait to get that and just, hey, you want to run some stuff? Yeah, cool, let's go crawl some dungeons. Or, oh, you want to go run the big boss? Let's dink around and kill some more spiders, man. I'll I'll go down this other one, do this side quest, do that other thing. More torchlights
0: always And that's what I was thinking. It's like for our little group alone, you know, yeah, sure. We go play whatever our main shtick is, but after we're starting to calm down or cool off, you know, like hey, you know, instead of just doing matches or doing something that's gonna get us killed and go nowhere, how about we finish tonight on torchlight? Where, like you said, yeah. it's not super crazy difficult. We go in, we're just using our abilities, laughing, murdering everything. Shinies are dropping and we're picking them up. Oh, who needs the Sword of Illusia? I do. Oh, I don't have one. Oh, cool. Yeah, trade mm-hmm. it with me, bro. Here you go. <laughs> that was fun. We all laughed. We had a great time. We log off. Boom. Oh, to me, that's golden. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't wait. And speaking of golden, what animal
1: lays the golden eggs? It's the golden goose. Untitled Goose Game was at Pax West. Thank God, House House was there. I mean, they announced this. I feel like it was like maybe back in like January. There was just a tweet that went out, and we're like, "Hey, we're House House, and we're doing a game where you're gonna be a terrible goose or a horrible goose." I think is what it was. And the trailer was just, "You're a goose walking around in this farmer's yard, and you like steal his keys and run off and hide them." Then you steal this little trowel, and you run off and hide it. And you steal his bag of seeds, and he goes, wah, 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 wah. and you go and you honk at him, and you get him to maybe walk away from his tool shed. You circle around and grab some tools. And it's just, obviously, it's a fun, silly, goofy indie game, which you know I'm all about. Why wouldn't you want to be an asshole goose just screwing with this farmer? Because, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, from what I understand, the levels are kind of like a like a Where's Waldo book. You know, you gotta steal the keys, you gotta steal this thing, you gotta get him and turn the hose on, and then you gotta mess with this or whatever. So it's just a little checklist of fun things to do. Obviously, it's not. I don't think pretty 100 sure you can't die in any way because it's just a fun little goofy goose game. And it's just that's the kind of thing that I love. It's just silly nonsense, fun, easygoing experiences. Obviously, I love all the dark, twisted, horrible shit that I play all the time. But I love these kinds of things, too. It's just silly. Be a a goose and just screw with this guy.
0: It's just ridiculous. You know, I saw I saw gameplay of this. Of course, this is what Danny and Matt want to do. You know? Of of course. course. Of course, this is something they like. I'm a goose. Mm -hmm. I quack. Mm -hmm. And the little man goes, and he waves his arms in case you guys can't see me right now, but waves his arms, gets frustrated and chases Mm -hmm. you. Okay, well, you know, each their own, Matt. To each their own. I will admit, it does look hilarious, but <laughs> not my eyes. Well, see, and it, you know
1: me, I'm watching it, and in my brain, I'm like, well, if you steal his trowel, he's gonna go get something else, mm-hmm. or he's gonna go over to this other area because he can't dig. So I'm, I'm, picturing in my mind this like like a Rube Goldberg machine but of situations where well, you need him to get in the house and call the pizza man so you got to get him out of this area you got to do something to get him out of this area so he can't him do something him smell a over pie
0: here. so he's hungry
1: <laughs> yeah you got to make sure you somehow lock the gate with the key that you stole from him so he can't sidetrack into the pool area he's got to go in so he's going to go to the gate and go Mm. and he's going to have a little thought bubble that says gate with an X over it. He's going to go back in the house, and you run in the house, and you steal the bread off the counter or whatever. Like I'm imagining this whole string of scenarios where you just take this to the ultimate limit of just ridiculousness. If it was that in depth,
0: then I'm on board. Now you're talking my game. Mm -hmm. Now you got me interested. But what I saw, it was just like simple things, silly, fun Mm. things, and I went, oh, that's cool.
1: I've definitely seen, I think, two and three step things where if you do this he's going to look for that but if you steal that he's going to go get this thing so I think I think it's probably going to be there but I think it's probably going to be like a like a three star Uh system like here's your checklist of five things you got to do but he only did three and then he went back inside All right, you got two stars you get to move on to the next level I'm picturing something like that, but I want that whole just screw with his entire day. And his friends come over in their cars, and you got to get them busted by the police or somehow because you're this awful, awful goose. that's <laughs> just ruining people's day. It's
0: ruining this poor man's life until he finally <laughs> makes you into a boiled goose, and the day is good. <laughs> he can't catch
1: you. You have, you have the keys to his truck, you're going to run him over. That's true. He has nothing left. He's there in his underwear in in a completely picked... (laughs) You've you've taken everything from him. You take his stove. (laughs) You (laughs) take his wallet so he can't pay his bills, so he gets his car repossessed. And his guns repossessed so he can't shoot you. (laughs) Exactly. See? It's perfect. This is how this happens.
0: All right. I'm on board. I'll pay (laughs) attention.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, Untitled Goose Game. 100% looking forward to that. I think they said they're aiming to get it out in 2019, so I'm gonna be playing that. Look forward to my review on an Untitled Goose Game or whatever it turns out to Perfect.
0: be. Perfect. And if there's anything you guys out there think we missed or should have seen at PAX West, be sure to hit us up on all the usuals that Matt will probably explain here shortly, because I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I honestly saw a few things that kind of got my bubble and whole gin going, but don't tell us about Spider-Man or Red Dead because you know what? I've heard it so much I can't even <laughs> ponder it. I can't think about it anymore. Anything other than that, I want to hear about. So, you know what? Send us all the wonderful information because I'd love to read it. And until I get
1: to say that like five seconds after this, it's time to wrap it up. It is time to wrap it up. Imposters Wrap Up. So, as Eric already said, if you want to send us stuff, questions, comments, concerns, games you think we missed, if you want to tell me how awesome the Untitled Goose game is and how much Eric is a sucker for not liking it, you can do that via email info at thirdshift.me you can tweet at us at thirdshiftme and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift you can
0: indeed and you can also go over to Patreon if it does so fit your mood we do have it set up as a tip jar if you like what you heard throw us a dollar throw us five dollars ten dollars a thousand dollars anything and everything is very much appreciated it helps us keep the show running keep us motivated keep us uh, in the know buying games all that good stuff because you know what, I got a wife and she likes to rip my fingers off if I buy video games so I have to choose wisely for folks, because I got 10 digits, and they're going to be gone soon, and then I can't play video games, mm-hmm. period. It's up to you. Just
1: just keep these two, Eric. <laughs> just
0: keep Eric, the thumbs. Keep those two. Keep the thumbs, and then I can rig little metal wires into where my digits used to be to hold the controller. That's all I need. You're mm-hmm. right. Exactly. That's right. So please don't make that a reality. If you, if you do enjoy us at all, consider giving us a buck. But if you can't, I also understand, because as I always say, you know what, you got bills to pay, childs to feed... I don't know, college to go to, drugs to have, whatever floats your boat. You know, you got to live the life that you need to live. And I understand that. You can also support us by giving us uh, five star ratings on iTunes, uh, talk with us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, show messages, all that good stuff. We do appreciate all of that as well because that, once again, that does motivate us. Anything and everything helps us out. And then we do appreciate all of you extensively.
1: That's right, of course we do. And also, of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 18th of September for our very next episode. You can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out.
0: And we really do appreciate it. Those five stars are the best. Please, please give us those five stars. Not four stars. Not three stars. Not two stars. And if you give us a one star, I'm going to hunt you down personally.
1: And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Don't
0: forget to say... Don't forget to say...
1: Honk, honk. I'm a terrible goose.
0: Damn it, Matt. I knew you were
1: gonna do that. <laughs> goose. <laughs>